Hi, uh, welcome to Movie Butts. I'm Arnie Joe, and this is Dane. Hello. This is a movie podcast where we, you know, pick a film-related topic and do a bunch of math to determine the best and worst of the topic. Those topics include directors, fucking franchises, actors, studios, anything we can pretty much think of, uh, we pick as a topic. Uh, How we decide the best and the worst is uh, what we do is we grab all the movies in the category and uh, basically... We use IMDb, Metacritic, Rotten Tomatoes, the box office, the budget. We bring it all together, average it all out, and then there's a clear best and worst. What was our topic this week, Dane, and what movies did we watch? I chose the famous Pirates of the Caribbean movies, and we watched the number one and number five. Pretty predictable. Yeah, yeah, well, like, it was relatively predictable, so, like... In terms of the franchise, the first one has the best critical reception and audience reception out of all of them. It it actually is, like, I'm pretty sure the lowest grossing of the series, but that has to do with the fact that it was, like, a new franchise and, you know, the, the excitement and the, the you know, everyone kind of got into the franchise after that. So it did, you know, begin to build a bit more steam and it started to become a billion-dollar movie franchise. Um, five is a bit of a clusterfuck made not as much money as it sh- as you know the other ones did um and audience and critic response was dramatically down so mm. yeah it's very easily the lowest reviewed in the franchise i would argue it's not the worst but we'll kind of get into that um yeah so do you mind giving giving us a little plot description of the of the movies? Um, yeah, so Pirates of the Caribbean, if you haven't seen it, it's, uh, it's set during pirate times, obviously, whenever the fuck that was. Anyway, um, you got you got Will Turner, who's a fucking, fucking blacksmith. You got Elizabeth something, and she's like um, the governor's daughter. I remember because someone said that in the movie. Um, and the governor is like a character as well. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then there's, then there's Jack Sparrow, who's like this fucking, um, dumbass, like rogue pirate who shows up on the shores of the Caribbean place one day. Um, anyway, shit all kicks off because fucking Elizabeth has this medallion, like this little gold piece that she found on Will because he was like picked up, saved by the governor and shit when he was a boy. He was like floating on the water or something. And uh, Elizabeth like took that pirate medallion and then she kept it for herself because she's also like kind of fascinated by pirates. Um, And then one day Elizabeth gets herself into a bit of a a pickle and then the medallion comes out and like is in the water and then it sends a a message out to these cursed pirates that are looking for it. And then they come into the bay and then they fuck shit up and then they take Elizabeth and then Jack Sparrow and Will have to team up to, to get her back. It's 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 a pretty intricate plot, a lot of moving pieces. But anyway, that's the gist of it. The other shit, this one, 
I don't even fucking know. It's like, Will's, so at this point, Will is like the captain of the, of the Dutchman. It's like this barnacle ship underwater and he's like cursed or something. Anyway, and then his son is like, I'm going to save you. And he's like, the only way to save me is Poseidon's Trident, whatever. And then he's like, yeah, I'm going to find it. And I'm going to team up with Jack Sparrow, you know, from the first movie. And uh, so so Will's son is out to find Jack Sparrow and then find Poseidon's trident, Poseidon's trident. And then Javier Bardem is is after Jack Sparrow because Jack Sparrow is responsible for cursing him or something. And then Jeffrey Rush is also in it for some reason. Oh, and there's a chick who can, who's like into astrology. She's um, a witch, you mean? Yeah, they call her a witch, but she's like, no, I'm a scientist. I'm into astrology. And it's like... I think it's astronomy. Astronomy, right. Astrology's like witch shit, like, you know, Libra and Capricorn and all that stuff. Oh, I thought she was saying astrology the whole time because they do try to do like a kind of like a how Disney does like modern day, like, like, like a, like a forced fake feminist angle where she's like, yeah, well, uh, step out of the way men, because I'm a woman. And I was like, if you didn't want to be sexist, then maybe you shouldn't have made a chick who's into astrology, but, uh, no, it's astronomy. It's astronomy. Yeah, which is like science, which legit is science. Um, what did you what did you think of these these two films? I think the first one's good, and I think it's actually a lot better than it deserves to be. It feels like um like a crappy film that everyone's put too much effort into, and it's come out like better than it should. If that makes sense, right? Um, and the fifth one is just an absolute fucking disaster (laughs) well like when when you when uh i'm assuming a lot of people heard that this movie was coming out i could imagine a lot of people thinking it was just going to be a giant pile of dog shit because it's based on a theme park ride pirates of the caribbean is a, a disney disney world yeah and wasn't there another movie that they released oh my god do you remember that eddie murphy movie haunted mansion yeah, that that came out around the same time. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure it came out first. I don't think so, but I might be wrong. But like you know, b- besides the point, you have a you have a Disney movie which are known for making cookie cutter, child friendly films, and then it's also based on a theme park ride. This movie did have a bit of an uphill battle in terms of being popular but you know like sometimes the right movie comes out at the right time and it has the right ingredients um the pirate film genre had been dead for you know good like probably around 70 years at this point so yeah you know they you know back in the errol flynn days and the early early cinema silent era pirate films swashbuckling pirate films were quite in vogue for a while so yeah, and also the last time any major studio tried to release a film about pirates, I think it was Cutthroat Island, which, which is like um, the worst, one of the biggest bombs of all time. Yeah. So th- this film really did have a 
you know yeah, everything going against a, it a lot to prove and and yeah. i think and and even even the production it sounds like even the production was kind of against them because it came at a serendipitous point where well now we can say for worse because that's all he's ended up doing but um johnny depp wanted to get involved with a child friendly franchise that's mm. why he approached disney for something and he ended up in this movie you know we can see how that affected his career because you could almost argue that the at least the first two pirates movie or even the third one was kind of a bit of a swan song for his career because <laughs> everything after this has just been pastiche you know re retreads of jack sparrow characters for johnny depp like he hasn't really done anything yeah i know he, he tried with like public enemy and other movies to kind of get back his serious cred but you know, this is it. This is really where we kind of say goodbye to Johnny Depp having anything interesting or, you know, meaty, you know. And, and, and it's a fucking Disney movie based on a fucking theme park ride. Mm. It's crazy. Um, I, 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 I enjoy this film. Um, I This is one of the ones that I would watch religiously as a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a good... A good action movie. Um, I think it's, a, I think it's campy. It's, yeah, it's a great family movie. I mean, that's all I could think last night when, because I was sitting there watching it by myself, and I thought this feels a bit inappropriate. I mean, like, like I didn't, I didn't really want to watch it, but I wasn't, I, I didn't, I didn't hate it. But I was like, well, a thirty-year-old man watching it by himself is a bit bit weird it's not really my thing but i think that it's definitely enjoyable for any age range do you know what i mean oh definitely like surprising for for disney right huh like it's surprising for disney that they made a movie that can be accessible even on that next level like this is the i remember this was actually a bit scary when i was a kid Yeah, yeah 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 for sure like it isn't just uh you know, like a a Pocahontas or a Hercules or something. Like there's there's death, there's blood, there's a bit of blood, there's you know no, skeleton people. Yeah, proper gruesome characters. Co- yeah, so you know, like like the pirates, the pirates in this don't don't really fuck around. Like it's implied that they're rapists. Yeah, several the, the, times the, that is implied. There's definitely a bit of grit. And then, like, you think about the director, right? Gore Verbinski, like, the biggest movie he made up until this point was The Ring, like, the the, the American remake of the Japanese horror movie The Ring. Mm. So, like, that's a bit of a bold choice for a fucking Disney... And I think that was, like, a year or two before. Like, mm. that's a bit of a bold choice to get uh, Gore Verbinski to direct a, a family movie. Mm. So like you know like Disney clearly had their agenda and he had his and you know it and it met at a pretty pretty good point you know and yeah as as this movie proved he's a he's a good he's a good action director yeah I you think- know he can he can he can work well with choreography and the tone was perfect you know yeah, like it I wasn't think- too watered down and it wasn't too it wasn't too gritty like you know you you weren't. Uh, it's a kind of scary where I'm not going to be like traumatized by it, hmm. but thrilling, 
you know? Yeah, no, but those zombie pirates uh, do look good and they don't try to make them look cute. They try to make them look scary. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, actually like um, a lot of the mature elements that the director, the producer and the the cast members bring to the film um, is then balanced out by Disney's... Um, what do you want to call it? The Disney magic touch where they just kind of turn everything into something for babies. You sure. have Jerry Brockheimer, who's known for, you know, shit like, um, like bad Con boys, Air. right? Yeah. Con Air and bad boys, stuff like that. Gore Verbinski who previously did the ring. I mean, you have Johnny Depp who, uh, you know, notorious bad boy Johnny Depp did things like uh, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, stuff like that. You have the very mature Jeffrey Rush um, and Kira Knightley, who's a who's a very serious actress and quite talented. Orlando Bloom is is there. I think he kind of he kind of fits into this Knightley. Oh, no, he's myself. perfect for that role. Like, he's very, it's, yeah, he's well cast. The, definitely the least talented of the of the main cast, but he works perfectly in his role. Um, but because you have um, all these serious filmmakers and serious actors, they they come in and they play the campiness of it dead straight. And that 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 balances nicely with um, Disney's kind of childish nature like this still feels like a disney film but disney films usually feel very insincere to me sure like they're they're always very playful i mean like even things that are meant to be for you know older people like the the marvel movies that that try to be kind of like gritty and serious a lot of the time everyone acting in those things in the scripts they always kind of feel like they're ve- like it's all very self-aware that they're they're playing something like it's 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 playtime. Every every actor in this like tr- takes their characters seriously and they give a very committed performance. And I think that's what elevates it uh, to that to that level above. You know what I mean? Right. No. I, yeah. It's again. It is that like perfect mix of ingredients that somehow created a timeless uh, adventure film that, you know, like, was still making sequels in, like, when did the fucking fifth one come out? 2017. 2017. And I think that's probably the last one of these we'll get until we get, uh, you know, Sparrow, the prequel, or something dumb like that. I think it's definitely Um, the last time we'll see Johnny Depp in the role. Sure. Yeah, no, there might be a there might be a reboot or something with Timothy Chalamante as fucking Jack Sparrow or some bullshit. But um but yeah, no, for now, like it did yeah, it spawned a franchise that, you know, most people these days know. Um I think like to be perfectly honest, that you know, we, we can talk about the, the relationship between Disney, Gorvabinsky, fucking was it Bruckheimer, did you say? Yeah. Um, all these things. But I do like it's at the end of the day, I think this movie really relies on mostly Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely the, the the two standouts. Yeah, you've got you've got someone who whose physicality and comic timing and understanding of the character because 
from what it sounds like from what I was reading is that Johnny Depp pretty much built this character from the ground himself and Disney didn't like it at all. Like no. they, 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 they didn't know if he was gay or drunk and, <laughs> you know, like he had to fight, the filmmakers had to fight for Johnny Depp's decisions with this character with Disney because they just didn't get it. Yeah. And that to me shows a level of commitment from him, which is fantastic. Uh, playfulness, which I think every actor needs. They need to have that playfulness to get something out of something. Hmm. Um, and also, yeah, I guess it does show how kind of clueless uh, Disney can be. But, like, to be perfectly honest, if this was the traditional adventure movie, the main character would be Will Turner. And, you know, in a certain sense, you could say he is the main character, but he isn't. I and think that's what- he's the I think he's the main character as much as Luke Skywalker is the main character in A New Hope. But you have you know Han Solo and Princess Leia th- thrown in there that they are they're also the main characters. I I would argue that Johnny Depp gets a bit more screen time. I think he and- gets more I think he gets more s- screen time. Sure. Does that make him the main character, though? He is the main character. He's top build. He's the franchise. And, like, think about it. Like, by the third film, the other characters were disposable and it became the Johnny Depp show, you know? Yeah. Um, The movie was marketed around Johnny Depp, even if it wasn't originally the intention, which I'm kind of guessing it was, because there's a lot of subversive pirate elements uh, in this, like you think about the the traditional story, you know that there's the mutiny, um, there's getting the treasure, but in this movie, it's about returning the treasure, and mm. the mutiny's already happened, and we, we're following the the aftermath of that of the of the traditional pirate story. So, like, I think to a certain extent, extent, I think it was the intention to have the main character be what might be seen as the comic relief or the or the side character uh, in a more traditional movie. And I think that's a brave choice. And I think that's literally, like, I could not, I don't think I'd be able to stand this movie if it was kind of a bit swapped and Johnny Depp was the comic relief, but in a supporting capacity. Like, I think this movie would have fucking been awful. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it, it, it kind of, I mean, it, it tells the it, it it tells the story like of the treasure in a sense. We follow that medallion throughout the whole film. Sure. And you have and what I what I really enjoy about it is you have several sides playing against each other. All at once, you have the the pirates of the Black Pearl. You have uh, Commodore and his men. What are they? What are they? The government's army or some shit? The, the British the, Royal Navy. British Royal Navy. Yeah. Uh, and, and then you have, um, Will, Elizabeth, uh, yeah, Will and Elizabeth are sort of like their, their own little crew. And then you have Jack Sparrow playing between the three. And that's what makes him such an entertaining character for me. And it's, it's what really like lifts the film above and beyond is, um, you really don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. He's I mean, a perfect anti-hero in that sense. And he seems to stay that way at least consistently through the first three films. Like yeah. he doesn't he doesn't um 
like it's not it's not like Han Solo who you know in the first movie originally is an anti-hero but then kind of gets watered down and you know turned into a supplementary just a good guy good guy yeah um if i remember correctly jo- johnny depp's jack sparrow is still playing every team against each other in the third installment he still is as selfish as he is at the beginning of the franchise and by the third film even if like at certain points you know he has moments of bravery and everything and does show his heart of gold Mm. um and his character is consistent in that sense so he is a really good example of an anti-hero yeah and i think the only uh like noble thing he does like without getting anything in return for it in in the in this one is um he jumps into the water to save elizabeth everything else throughout the film even when he does something good it's usually to because it like works in his favor totally and it plays like that throughout like at the end of the film he ends up coming out on top yeah but and like kind of like being a good guy but not because he's trying to do something good it's because that's what's going to work out best for him sure and, it, and he's and um he you that that moment with elizabeth uh is a pretty what's that what's that writing technique um save the cat yeah that's like his save the cat moment like we're introduced to a a a pretty unlikable character in a sense so you need to show them doing something uh good Mm. to then have the have the characters have empathy so you show him save the girl uh but then in the in this in the same scene he then takes her hostage to get away. Yeah. And that, that pretty much sets up what his character's like throughout the the whole film. In fact, yeah, like you said, probably the entire trilogy, excluding the fourth and fifth one, where in the fifth one, I'd argue he kind of becomes like almost nothing, but he's just sort of like a... Would you say he's even like a good guy in the fifth one, or is he more just there doesn't really do anything other than like quip make his physical comedy and quips yeah that's kind of what his role is in the fifth one um before we i don't want to start talking about the fifth one yet um talking about like johnny depp's like mad cat performance um would you agree that kind of even if it's a bit over the top as a because he's playing like a crazy evil pirate captain uh, the counterpoint is like you've got Jeffrey Rush, who's like a bit of a a Shakespeare thespian, mm. as the as the you know the anti- like as the nemesis for uh, for Johnny Depp. I, that chemistry, that's the best chemistry in the movie. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I actually uh, was thinking that uh, when I was watching it uh, because I did note the chemistry between um elizabeth and will that i think it's i think it's really good and it's there but then when johnny depp and jeffrey rush are in the captain's cabin on the pearl and they have a scene together and they're bouncing off each other i thought this is the best chemistry in the film it's so entertaining just to watch these two great actors who um who are who are given actually like genuinely really good characters but are also clearly having a lot of fun doing it 
Oh, it's like good hammy at times. Yeah, like it's not. Them... It's not bad hammy. No, no, no. It's 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 fun, and to see them acting alongside each other like that was was really entertaining, and uh, yeah, it shows by the fifth one that you 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 can't just throw those actors and those characters together in a room and expect it to be good. It was uh, specifically this scene, this and this this moment in time. That, that made that shit work. Yeah. Um, is there anything about the... any Anything that really brings down your opinion of this movie? Um, yeah, I think just, like, the, the, the Disney shit in it. Like, occasionally, um, the humor gets too childish for me. And I don't mean, like, the slapstick humor. I don't mind that. I mean, I mean literally some line delivery I find... I find to be patronizing, but I'm a, I'm a great man. Can you give us some examples? Um, so when Barbosa shoots the guy, like to test if the thing, if, if, if the, if the ritual has worked and lifted the curse and they're not immortal anymore, he shoots that guy in the crew and then he doesn't drop dead. And then one of the other crew members says, Hey, you're not dead. And the way he says it sounds like the way a clown speaks to a child to entertain them. Sure. And there's a, there's a few line deliveries like that throughout the film that, you know, are very childish. I obviously don't really care for that type of stuff. And that, but you've got to remember it is a kid's film to a certain degree. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So things like that, uh, occasionally a set piece will go only a little bit too long. Um, and then sometimes it's also like excessively cartoony for me. Like when, um, Will and Jack are fighting in the blacksmith's thing and they have a sword fight, but then the sword fight turns into kind of like a cartoon. They're like balancing on a, on a, on a, on a seesaw thing. And then a weight drops and they get like, boosted up to the rafters and then they're fighting on the rafters that stuff just went a little bit too far for me but it doesn't it doesn't fucking break the film also you must hate the second one yeah then the rest of them just get too much like that but uh and then also last thing and i think this is just because of what pop culture has done to the character um i found jack sparrow to be annoying at times but i think that's because of what he became after the film in the same way that I have a hard time watching the dark Knight these days, which I can still admit that Heath Ledger's performance is really good, but because of what that Joker Joker has become in mainstream pop culture and like memes and shit, I just find it a bit cringy. Sure. Um, I so when we when we did the math and decided on which ones we're watching, I decided to watch the fifth one first, just to be a bit different because I hadn't seen it, and mm. to kind of retrospectively look back at the original. And I do think that may have affected my opinion of the first one. Like mm-hmm. I I like it, you know. It's it's a like it's good for what it is. It's actually I might even say it's great for what it is. Yeah. Um, in terms of an uh, adventure kids film sort of thing for the whole family, fun for the whole family or whatever the fuck they want to say. But um, what I noticed was 
I find the timelines and how the events of the past are explained to be a bit confusing. Um, so like it, uh, it just like the age of the characters doesn't really add up. How old is fucking Jack Sparrow? Like how long was he the captain of the ship? I think they, they say he was only captain for a year in one of the later ones, but like, I don't know, like the timeline just doesn't feel right. Um, oh like yeah, when it, you start piling other movies on, I think they undo the first but, film. But even, but even, no, but even just like, but but it made me notice how these inconsistencies were kind of present in the original. Like they talk about the Black Pearl, like it's this legend hmm. and this myth and this, you know, this thing, like kind of like the, you know, like what you have issues with the recent Star Wars movies. Um, the timeline for me just doesn't really add up because, you know, people should know that Barbosa's the captain. People should know that it's, um, a real pirate ship. Um, and like, yeah, their ages just don't make sense. Like how old is Will meant to be? Um, Commodore Warrington, it freaks me out that it's played by the same actor, and then, like, he looks almost identical when he's trying to marry Swan, who was, like, a fucking 12-year-old at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. A few of those things feel weird. Like, how long has the Black Pearl been cursed and how long have they been parousing around the the Caribbean? Like, it just, it just doesn't really click in my head. It feels like it's a bit too condensed, but also trying to give the illusion of myth- mythological scale. Right, and okay. like that kind of annoys me a little bit, but uh. when you're just going along with the fun, it's easy to ignore. Mm. But as you know, this is the first time I've watched this movie in a long time, and with how many more inconsistencies are added from watching the fifth one, yeah, I don't know. That kind of just bugged me a little bit, and I feel like it just needed a bit more context. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you haven't been like they haven't like it doesn't really they don't really explain how long it's been since Barbosa and Captain Jack have seen each other. But it's it's inferred it's been a long time, you know, mm-hmm. that's just my like one big gripe with the film. Do you know what also, my one gripe was like on, in that same like um, on that same level uh, when Elizabeth is threatening to drop the medallion in the in the water and they're like no don't drop it and they seem to be like sincerely saying like oh no shit don't drop it because you're just going to drop it in the water but then later in the film they all just like are walking around under the water so it's like if she had have dropped that in the in the sea they could have just like gone gone down grabbed it wouldn't it wouldn't have been a problem totally um, also, I think you're giving Kira Knightley a, like, she is a bit of a serious actress, I guess, but I wasn't super convinced. Like, I, I think, like, I think you, you say that you, you get the chemistry between Will and Elizabeth, mm. but I get it because I found them to be on very similar levels in this movie. And I know that like their characters are a bit cliche um, like, I think they do a lot better with Elizabeth in later films, but to a certain extent, she is a bit of a damsel for the most part in this movie. 
Really? Because um, I was... Re- see, I had the opposite uh, thing going because um, I remembered her as a damsel. And right. I was thinking about it and I was like, oh, yeah, they probably went... Like, the reason they went overboard with her character in the sequels where she's, like, the pirate queen and, like, f- f- just just being, like, sick at fighting and stuff. I was thinking, oh, yeah, they probably, like, tried to retroactively undo just making her a pathetic damsel in the first one. But I don't think she is. She's, like, she's clearly a very smart, capable person who's just a victim of the time period and her place in society, um, but then fights against that. Like, sure. She, uh, she like, speaks out of line constantly to her father and the 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 commander guy and then when um they like lock her up in a room to keep her safe and they say that they're not gonna go in and save will and that she busts out she like busts out the window and climbs down and she's gonna go and do it and then she like frees those guys and starts leading them she's like all right now come on cunts we're gonna go and fucking you you know you know what I think I was talking out my ass. You're completely right. Yeah, I think she's... Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, th- there's a lot more there than, than you know, I was just letting on. But I, I guess, like, I don't think their... I think their performances are on a very similar level, personally, right. I in this think film. their performances are on a similar level, but I think... I think um, Orlando Bloom is uh, doing better than he usually does. Yeah, I don't, I don't rate him as an actor at all, but Kira Knightley, I, I think she's quite, I think she's quite good. Everything yep. else I've seen her in, like uh, Anna Karenin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Anna Karina. Yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's a, she's a proper, she's a proper ass actor. If and you had a time machine, and hmm. you had the option to stop Johnny Depp doing this movie, would you? No, I like this movie. It's a good ass movie. But, like, think about, like, again, you, you think about the butterfly effect and how, like, one thing affects the other. Mm. Imagine if he didn't do this movie, would he have done the fucking... Would he have played the Mad Hatter? Do you know what I mean? Like, do you... Like, no, I th- think This really just, did set yeah, a set series of events. for him to do all that other shit. But if it wasn't this, it would have been something else and probably sure. something worse. Cool. Um, is there anything else you want to talk about the original one? Before? What's the name of the What's the name of um, the guy who's proposing to Elizabeth? Oh, uh, Commodore Warrington. Um, that guy's a fantastic straight man. Oh, he's he's ax- he's awesome, and um, I know you don't like the sequels, but I really like his character development what in, I, in the what future I, films as well. Yeah, um, I really I really enjoy. Um, a, a good straight man performance. And I think that not just him, but there are several other characters, um, even in small roles like Elizabeth's maid at the beginning, um, they they feel very genuine. Like they would be actors and characters that would fit right into a, a like a, a sincere BBC period piece. Sure. They're not, sure. They're not playing a parody of that. They're not trying to be funny. Like they play, they play that shit straight, and they play it well. And uh, I, saying I really that, did that. you have a problem with the the comic relief duo? No, 
because they're like at the extreme end of the comic relief and then you there's enough uh there's enough balance throughout the the, the rest of the characters sure do you know what I mean? Like, like I think Johnny Depp actually like sits perfectly in the middle of the like the the comedy and the and the straight man because he's very funny at times. I still think he's that's a funny character. <laughs> like I was laughing, um, but then at other points he he plays it very straight and he seems very menacing and ominous. Um, so he sits perfectly in the middle of that, and then you have like. Will and Elizabeth, who for the most part are straight characters, all the way down to Commodore Norrington and the guy in the the wig, who they're all all very straight laced, and I think those guys are um are a perfect balance. Some of the a, a lot of the humor when it comes to Will and Elizabeth comes from their straight perspective, looking at ridiculous things like that. Also creates the humor, like how these two squares. Uh, just living and thriving and dealing with the lunacy that's going on around them. Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, like, again, the straight, like, whereas, like, Commodore Warrington, I can't remember the actor's name, something Davenport. Um, he's a, just square the whole time, and he doesn't get the opportunity to really play off that, which I think adds to dr- adds to the drama as well. Like, um, when they're in peril, when they're not on the boats and the boat's being attacked, that's, he, he really delivers that seriousness that kind of creates the threat but yeah. like yeah yeah no good good shout um shall we move on to number five yeah let's uh what did you what do, what's the name of, what do you think the name of this movie is by the way because it has two names yeah so it's dead men tell no tales but in some other countries it's called salazar's revenge which is a terrible name <laughs> Yeah, uh, apparently that's because in some countries you they're not going to market it if it has death in the title. Right. Um, but on Disney Plus, where I watched this trash, um, the 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 poster the the icon for it says Salazar's Revenge, which confused me, and I still don't know why that says Salazar's Revenge because my wife was like, oh well, you know, maybe they're just trying to like please everyone because you know these countries have disney plus so they don't want to mess with them but they have dead men tell no tales so i don't know what's going on there yeah i mean not dead men tell no tales dead man's chest yeah it doesn't make much sense at all no um i guess it was for a cinema thing maybe like it could be because the uh think times have changed since 2003 in certain countries places have gone a bit more backwards maybe um what did you think of this film um you know for the most part um it's very frustrating um not just because i'm a um a a fan of the first one um but i mean just from a just from a script perspective uh it has like the strangest blend of of somehow the dialogue is nothing but uh, exposition, but I still couldn't keep up with what was going on. Sure. Like, everything the characters say to each other is just like, 
Oh, hi, you are this character. I am this character. These are my objectives. We have to get to this place so that we can get to this thing so that we can do this. Sure. And I'm still like, wait, what are they doing? <laughs> Who's that? Where are they going? Why does Jack Sparrow give a fuck about this? So, um, I, that may have just been because I had trouble paying attention because it was so fucking boring. But right. I, didn't, I, don't, I really don't like this movie. O- occasionally it's funny because it's so bad. That's, that's about it. I didn't hate it. Really? Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I, I liked the original trilogy growing up. The third one, not so much. I think the third one's way too long and too dense. Like there's just too much in the third one. Hmm. Um, and that becomes like a slog to watch for me personally. I'll just quickly add that I don't like any of them except for the first one. Just so just so you understand where I'm coming from when I when I talk about this. I was the right age when the second one came out. Yeah. To to really love the cinema experience of it. Like it was a real it was like a theme park ride, the second mm. one in the cinema and I like the the level of detail. Like the, the like it's a it's dense enough that there's like lore in there and it's it's not just stupid shit. Like it seemed to the characters that were introduced in the sequel, uh, I thought were introduced well, and you know, I I, I kind of I got into the mythology of it. Uh, yeah, I don't the think the, I don't I don't think the second and third one are bad movies, and um, they they um they everyone still clearly has respect for the material and what they're doing. Sure, I'll say that same director, you know. So there was that consistency. Mm. Um, that it was a trilogy and, you know, I guess when the first one went gangbusters, um, and became, you know, such a, such an icon in pop culture, you know, mm. in they, full respect to Verbinski for, um, instead of just making it another random ass adventure, he tried to, uh, continue on with a story and make it, a, make it into a bigger thing. Sure. Well, probably that, that's, much that's to where I, uh, what Disney. Like, probably that worked out worse for Disney because they want to make these fucking things infinite. So then you had the problem with the fourth one after the trilogy's wrapped up. Like, what do you do now? Well, I'm I don't the like fourth the fourth one. Is one. your least favorite? Fourth one is my least favorite. Yeah. Um, right. I didn't even finish it. It, fi- it it felt completely and utterly pointless. Yes. Um, whereas, like, th- there seemed to be enough. I don't know if you noticed this, but it, but the fifth one kind of feels like a bit of a retread of the first one, and they try to. It's almost add, a soft reboot. It is almost a soft reboot, and like I found that easier to digest than just Johnny Depp running around for no good reason. Um, like the fourth one just felt like, like like where this kind of feels like the the movie the fifth one attempts to be a sequel. Mm. Um, but also a soft reboot in a way. It's still trying to be part of the world, whereas yep. the fourth one just felt like, yeah, like a like Joey the TV series, like a spinoff. Like it shouldn't have been called Pirates of the Caribbean. It should have been called something else. Yeah, it should you have been called I mean? Jack Sparrow in basically. The- yeah, yeah, it should have been um, called Jack Sparrow on Strange Tides. Like that's that's what that movie feels like, and. And as a result, it kind of feels like it's not necessary watching if you're a fan of the franchise, where at least this one kind of feels, the fifth one kind of feels like, even if it's done poorly, it does feel like part of the story. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's and it's deliberately made tonally more similar to the first one. Oh, which is agreed. something that they said they were they were doing on purpose. And I think that's yeah. the entire point of these uh, ghost pirates is to is to create something similar to the the zombie pirates in the first one totally and so you know and you also introduce like the movie starts with orlando bloom's probably way overpaid cameo appearance in the film he uh, he would have at least got a couple of million to be in the movie for three minutes um and also his career isn't that good at the moment anyway so like i don't know why they just didn't get him back properly to be honest um but you know you, you you're introduced to his son and the and the and the the plot revolves around events of the previous films. And His son, played by our good friend, some asshole I forget his name from Gods of Egypt. Oh, is that? Oh, fuck! It is too, isn't it? Jesus yeah. Christ! Is he Australian? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because uh, it makes sense. Because I, I I've very quickly figured out that this movie was shot in Australia because of the amount of. Australian actors that were just playing supporting roles. Mm. Like, what's his name from, like, Faramir turns up as, like, the new Norrington. Oh, yeah, um, is that David Wenham? David Wenham turns up in the movie, and then the the dude that's in fucking Mad Max 2 is in there at some point, and, mm. you know, all these... But, like, okay, so, like, the movie's bad. The CGI is some of the most embarrassingly shit stuff I've ever seen. Yeah. But because it... Because it at least attempted to try and tell a story that seemed like it fit with the world. Mm-hmm. I wasn't bored. Right. And I I felt like I, I had a, some stakes in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I actually don't mind the actress who plays the new Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she does all right. She's um, definitely better than um, who was the... The the pers- the woman who was supposed to basically replace Elizabeth in the fourth one, the mermaid, who was they've sort of switched the the in this because yep. in the fourth one I remember the guy who was you know, the new Will, the priest, to be um like at least he had something going, whereas his love interest, the mermaid, was just a nothing. Just just like mannequin in this one uh the new will is just a mannequin and in this and the the new elizabeth um she's all right she's got some screen presence i think her performance is pretty crap but i think that has more to do with the material she's given oh i I think she was doing the best she could with what she had um i can tell that she's someone that's probably good in other things and i recognize her as well like Mm. i feel like i've seen her before um, and I don't know exactly where. Um, you can kind of tell that Javier Bardem, I don't think he's phoning it in either. I think he's trying. But mm. um, when he's like covered in just millions of CGI, it's embarrassing because you, you, you have what's his name? Um, uh, Bill Knight, Knight. What's his name? The guy that played. Uh, Bill Nye. Bill Nye. Yeah. Is it Bill Nye? I think it's the- Nye. But Nye, yeah. the guy yeah. that plays um, uh, Davy Jones, mm. who's like almost completely CGI, yeah. um, does a far better performance than Javier. But I can see that he, he isn't just there for the money. Like he isn't going full fucking um, uh, 
Mads Mikkelsen in like Disney movies where like when he turns up he just looks bored. Yeah. Um Yeah, this movie do- like the movie fucks with the timelines even more and just makes everything more confusing. Yeah. But but I don't know like I don't I don't know like I I I can't hate this film for some reason. Right. And I tried and I tried and I thought I would and I expected to. But you know, it could just simply be that my expectations were so low that when I got something that like is pretty bad but I don't know, it just seems like they were trying at least. Like it just didn't it didn't seem like okay, what what's the next set piece we can do? Okay, we'll have Johnny Depp running across rooftops to get to the next set piece to get to the next set piece, which is what the fourth one was. Mhm. So, yeah, like I can't hate it, but I can I but I objectively have to say that it's a failure and it fucking like and it's bad. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm contradicting myself here, but I think I I fucking um hate this movie so much um just because it sucks um I and and, and I think that this is a, this is what I was expecting like when they announced the first film and before I saw it I was expecting that to be about as good as this yeah um like dialogue is just all exposition there's nothing clever about it like I think that the dialogue um, was expertly written in the first one. You have characters delivering lines of dialogue that simultaneously tell you about the character, what kind of person they are, what their motivations are, and they slip a joke in there and they slip in some exposition about the world as well. Sure. It's really well written and it's like that throughout almost the entire film. This is... I If it's not just surface level exposition um then it's just like nothing dialogue like at at the end of the film when jack sparrow is back on the pearl the his first mate goes jack sparrow back on the pearl captain and then jack sparrow just goes indeed <laughs> and then he just like walks down the the fucking thing what like you're seriously gonna sit there and write that line and be like, yeah, that'll be good. Like well, Johnny that- Depp can't even improvise something and come come up with a joke. Nothing. Well- it's just nothing. I feels like I disagree with you when you say that it feels like they cared. I don't think anyone cared. Maybe Johnny Depp cared a little bit, and I think that probably the directors wanted to make a good film but everything was just working against them. Because this was stuck in development hell for a little bit. But I didn't see an ounce of a single shit given by anyone, except maybe the two main actors who only cared about looking good on camera. No one wanted to... No one was excited to make this movie. It was just like, well, it's a paycheck. Jeffrey Rush is the first bad performance I've ever seen him give. Yeah. And one of his best characters. He that's, sucks he, in this. No, he's not good. He's not good in this at all. And it is kind of disappointing because... Well, no, I, I thought he sucked in the fourth one as well, actually. Um, but I don't know. Like, I guess it's kind of like a checked out kind of enjoyment. Like, I liked um, uh, Wonder Woman 84. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> I haven't and seen it. I haven't seen and, it. But you're the first positive opinion I've heard. I know most people fucking hate that. Um, hate that fucking movie. Right. And I think for all the reasons people hated it, I enjoyed it. Right. Um, yeah. I think um, early on... So, at the beginning of the film, um, Jack Sparrow is, like, asleep in a safe. And then he's, then he's like, riding a bank down the middle of town. And there's a big CGI crash. At that point, it's pretty safe to, like, check out. Uh, yeah. and then if you, if you do that, like if you check out, it's probably why I hated it because I was like, for the podcast, I need to really pay attention to this. And so I'm like analyzing every little bit of dialogue and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa wait, what, yeah. what are you, what are you talking about? What's going on here? But if you just go, oh, okay, it's going to be one of these movies. I can just sort of like watch images move around on screen. <laughs> sure. And I guess that's kind of like how I was with this one, like it just didn't seem that there was enough of a an attempt at a plot. There are enough familiar characters. Some of the performances were surprising for me, which is the the female's performance. The the oh god, I feel I feel bad when I just say the female. You know, like that's <laughs> the the woman. The uh, you know, uh, what's the the character's name was Karina. I've just found here. Um, Back on a previous point that you made, which I, I just kind of want to bring up because I remember reading it about the original. The final line in the original one was, um, bring me that, uh, uh, you know, let, let me go bring me that horizon yeah. or something. And um, and then he goes, starts singing and then it ends. Mm-hmm. That was like a an improv, improv from Johnny Depp. Yeah. You know which is a, a cool little improv, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and that shows the, the amount of care that he put in that he says something like that that closes the film. Oh, he's clearly so into it. And then and then what what did, what did you say he says at the end of the first, last one? Yes, or like, indeed. Yeah. Like, they go, Jack Sparrow he can't even back, care. On, back on the pearl, and he's just like, indeed. Yeah. He might have he been drunk. I mean, I don't think he was... I don't think he was even fucking into it he totally also he's his performance isn't any good either he i i've seen better jack sparrow impressions um at costume parties sure that's really what it feels like it doesn't even seem like it's him also how old is how old is jack sparrow's character now in canon uh i'm guessing like 70 what in canon yeah, oh, because yeah, because think about it, the like- kids and he was the captain of the Black Pearl and the these twenty year olds are running around and I don't know, it just Yeah, I guess he's supposed to be like seventy or some shit. Yeah, it just doesn't it just it's just super confusing. Because I assume in the first one he's about forty. Yeah. And so I guess like in now he's meant to be yeah like 65 or something jesus christ which doesn't make any sense uh will turner is yeah that's supposed to be his like 22 year old son who i think i think uh orlando bloom is like eight years older than that guy in real life yeah jesus it just doesn't nightly shows up at the end for uh a two second cameo yeah, it's 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 a nothing film and completely missable. But when I watched it, 
I wasn't having to pause at every two minutes because I was angry. Mm. Um, th- th- there is one, one plot point that doesn't make any sense to me, and I really need you to explain it to me. Why did, um, why did Barbosa sacrifice himself? Um, because the, um, the pirate, the, the bad pirate was, um, climbing up the chain and he was and? about to, about to grab the girl. But he wasn't, he was like heaps far down. No, he was, he was getting, yeah, but he was getting No, well then they, then the CGI made no fucking sense because I'm pretty sure she wasn't the one at the bottom. Yeah, she was. She, well, was? she was? Yeah, she was at least underneath him. That's oh, why he had to it... that's why he had to jump off the chain and then fall to his death. The reason he had to fall to his death is because for some reason they wanted to like give him a noble death. Uh, probably maybe Jeffrey Rush was definitely like confirmed to that he's not going to do any more of these. Disney was like we're definitely not paying this cunt to come back. He's asking for too much money now. Right. I don't know. So it just it did it, it, I, I think it was just because the visually it's a mess. Oh, visually it's fucked. I mean like like in the first one they do such a good job of um choreographing the action that you know where for the most part you know where everyone is um at any point during a fight. And if you don't, then it's meant to be that way because the characters are just as confused as you. And yep. this is choreographing fights that are like um, like two separate ships and a cave where there's like a whole bunch of people all fighting each other at the same time. And not only in those individual locations do you know where people are and what's happening while you're watching it, but those separate action scenes line up with each other that you can tell like what like what the timeline is doing that's that's like expert direction and uh, expert editing in this they cannot even make like a a two person sword fight make any fucking sense you have no idea what's going on at any point in time there was one cut i remember the woman like just grabs the trident like there's the two people are fighting over the trident and then um one of them lets go and another person falls back and you couldn't even tell who it was in the moment you just had to wait for the the cutaway to the woman falling on the ground i was like oh okay i guess that was her but there's like a cut every two seconds from all sorts of different fucking angles. And they, they're, they're filming it so close up that I can't tell who is who. While they're, while they're standing in a green room with this awful water CGI in the background. And it's too fucking dark. Right. I don't understand what the intent is. There. I mean, like, there's no intent. It's just like, well, this is the, the best we can do. I mean, like, did they even have a say in what was going on? Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, it was, it like, that. that's why I was confused as to, like, why by Barbosa killed himself. It was because it was so spastic and all over the place. Mm. I had no idea what was going on for most of the action sequences, which should at least be, like, that should be, like, a priority. Like, look, our movies are, people are kind of getting sick of the story. It's not really interesting. At least what we need to do is make it a visual feast and a fun ride. 
Mm. When that goes out the window, what do the, what does the movie become? Also, I, the, the actress's name is Kaya Scodelario or something. Scodelario. I know her. She plays Effie in Skins. Did you watch Skins? No, I was a bit. Uh, I was a bit too old for that. A bit too mm. old for Skins. Isn't that like a like a young adult show? I guess it's like a bit. I wouldn't it's say like it's watch, like. It's like watching Degrassi. Enough. Are you? Uh, it's like Degrassi on smack. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I think that came when that came out. I was like in my twenties. Two thousand and five, I think the first season came out, which she was in. Um, interesting. Um, yeah, I have nothing else really to say. Like all I'd just be doing is nitpicking, and this movie really isn't worth that. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like I can like I could find I could justify my nitpicks with like The Last Jedi and those movies, but this is a franchise that like it's a joke that this movie got made to begin with. Like I'm pretty sure I remember when this was announced all all the responses were jokes and groans. Yeah. Like no one was genuinely expecting this to be anything other than a dumpster fire. Yeah. It's um the the guys that directed this they were a, um, I don't know if you know, they were a directing duo. Their previous film got nominated for an Oscar for Best Foreign Film. Wait, um, really? Yeah. And uh, so they they directed this uh, and it was the last film they directed together and then they split up and now they work separately. So I, I'm guessing it didn't go well for them. They directed several films together. That their their entire career was they directed films together, and uh, this is the one that made them part ways. That's fucking sad. Yeah, that's really fucking sad. Yeah, I think that just kind of gives you a little in and and knowing that um, the film was originally supposed to be released in two thousand fifteen, um, but it just says like due to budgetary issues and like issues with the script. That uh, it was it delayed. It was delayed twice. Delayed until 2016, and then delayed again until 2017. Um, so I don't think it went well, in, uh, like on any level in production, which would explain, which explains a lot, because there's some like tr- there's some truly awful amateur shit in this. Like at the end when uh, the two main characters, the new Will and Elizabeth, who up until like right at the end where they kiss, I didn't even know that they were supposed to be romantically interested in each other. Like that chemistry is just so fucking not there. there. Yeah. yeah. And then they, and then they kiss. Um, but in the moment before they kiss, there's like five weird little edits that just was so fucking baffling to me. Yeah. I was like, I don't know how you can't just like, cut a very basic scene together <laughs> competently <laughs> but uh, they checked yeah. out clearly by the by that point they checked out I yeah think i think it's kind of and clearly if they broke up and they're no longer a team that explains a lot you know yeah. and and it also explains like how they i guess you said that they didn't have enough money but like the the cgi in this is embarrassing like the, there's the bit where Jack Sparrow is about to get his head cut off, and then he escapes, and he's running away. And then the bit, the the wood bit with the with the the thing that cuts off the head lands in front of him, 
is probably the worst CGI I've ever seen ever. Yeah. You know, and it just looks at like, and, and it looks like any any person in their right mind would not see that in an editing suite and go, yep, that'll do. Yeah. And there's, you know? uh, and then it ends with um, like truly terrible green screen. Oh, yeah. Um, okay. Shall we uh, read some of these reviews? Yeah. I'll start with the uh, the negative one about uh, the first one. Sure. Uh, one star by Tahame, uh, September 11, 2003. Boredom. While the effects were slightly admirable, this movie made virtually no impression on me. I don't really remember the names of the characters, let alone why they did or felt what they did. What year was this review released? 2003. This Fucking hell, because everyone knows out. these characters' names now, right? Yeah, I don't remember the names of the characters. Uh, I never could figure out why people kept getting into sword fights and shooting at skeletons they couldn't kill. Wouldn't you run away if you shot some guy in the head and he just shook it off laughing? Clearly nobody in this film caught on. Overall, I was not entertained. It wasn't even so bad, it was funny. Ah, oh, a very unique opinion. Wow, someone was born without a funny bone. Yeah, I thought everyone without a sense liked of humor movie. or fun. I thought any everyone liked this movie, and the people who say they don't, you just you you're trying too hard. You're asshole. You're an asshole. Yeah. Uh, this is a ten out of ten review by Claudio Carvalho from two thousand four. One of the most delightful pirates adventure ever. <laughs> Uh, when the daughter of the governor of a Caribbean island, Elizabeth Swan, is proposed to by Commodore Norrington, she faints, falls into the sea, and is rescued by save the by the pirate Captain Jack Sparrow. But he is arrested and sentenced to death for piracy. Meanwhile, the town is attacked by the ship Black Pearl, commanded by the former first mate Barbosa, who leaded a mutiny against Jack Sparrow years ago. Barbosa kidnaps Elizabeth and oh the blacksmith. God. Is this Will just a plot description? <laughs> who loves her, releases Jack Sparrow, and they steal the fastest vessel of the Navy to follow the Black Pearl. Will trying to save Elizabeth and Jack trying to retrieve his ship. Along their journey, many secrets are disclosed about the course of the Black Pearl and her crew. The supernatural adventures of Jack Sparrow. Will Turner, blah, 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 are so spectacular that they really deserve to be included among the best movies in IMDb. This film has action, humor, romance, mystery, special effects, and is so delightful that the viewer does not feel the running time of 143 minutes. I, I agree. I, did, I, I, uh, I did feel like it was a bit long. I don't know what I'd cut, probably nothing, but um, I was surprised to see that it was two and a half hours. I went, by the time it ended, I was like, oh, maybe it's a bit long, you know, it doesn't need to be two hours. But then I saw it's two and a half hours, and I was like, oh, okay, it's still um, pretty good. I saw this movie for the first time in 2004, and I have just watched it again, enjoying the same way as in the first time. My vote is 10. Um, good for you. Yeah, good good on you. Uh, I just want to point out, because um, reading the plot description is really funny. That's why I was having a hard time uh, trying to sum it up uh, at the beginning, is because it is kind of complicated, yeah, but that, I think that that's good though. Like it's not, yeah, that's run what makes of the it, mill. That's what makes it so entertaining because, um, like the pirates, like you know the antagonist in the film, Barbosa and the pirates, 
um, they're not just bad pirates. Uh, you do, you do kind of feel for them, like that that they're under this curse, um, and you know they have their own story going, and you know Commodore Norrington and Elizabeth and what's his ass and Jack Sparrow, like every character has their own story happening, and they all happen at the same time, and they all interweave. Um, in very complex ways. It almost feels but, like we're missing a few chapters at the beginning, but that adds to the intrigue. Yeah, throughout the film, you're constantly, like, wondering um, what's, you know, like, what's this thing? What's that? So, like, what's the deal with his pistol with one shot in it? Uh, what's the deal with his compass? Uh, what's, you know, what's all this about? But um, you those those questions are gradually answered throughout the film and then new ones are brought up, but then they're answered as well. It doesn't just leave everything a mystery until right at the end and then only deliver on half of them. It's uh, it's constantly intriguing, like what everyone's up to, what this world's about, what these objects mean, and uh, everything has an answer. Or at yeah, least, uh, and, and the things that don't have an answer... Um do get revealed later on in the sequels or things that you don't think are important become important. And it's yeah. a pretty good world building. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Um, okay. So, uh, <laughs> this is a, uh, one out of 10 review for the dead man's tell no tales slash revenge of Salazar. Yeah. Uh, by D, uh, Deep also, up. I didn't I didn't actually bring up because I just there's just so much else cooked with the movie, but like it's kind of a bit silly that this character just appears. The Salazar guy? Yeah, just out yeah, of and nowhere. And also he's meant to be like the most feared cunt ever. Like in the first one, the Black Pearl is like the you know, the pirates of the, the most like you got pirates and then you got the Black Pearl, you know? Yeah. But then in this one, it's like, oh, Salazar. Like, could they at least have not have made him a threat or, like, make it so something happened in between the movies? So it's not just this guy who's angry at a child, Jack Sparrow, that it's just meant to fit in the world when, like, you know, very easy Jack could have done something to this guy between the last movie and now, Mm -hmm. you know, or something. Or he could have done something at the beginning of the film. Totally. Rather than, like, you know, what's meant to have been the biggest threat throughout all of them, but just no one has ever mentioned or or, see, or seemed to allude to other things A bigger as shark. being the bigger <laughs> threats. Yeah, they're like, oh, wait, Salazar, but he's the biggest, baddest guy of all. We're only just now mentioning. Yeah, it's stupid. Uh, okay, so one out of ten by D. Carlisle. For the love of God, stop this. Two thousand seventeen. Please, for the love of God, stop now. How is it possible for these to continue to get worse and even more pertinently? Why do I continue to see them? For the first time in a very long while, I considered walking out of a film, and that was about after fifteen minutes. I was bored, stupid. They try to continually up the action set pieces in this franchise, but just manage to make them more stupid, bombastic, and confusing with muddied visuals, terrible pacing, and stupidity from the characters. And some director really needs to get hold of Johnny Depp and get him to actually act and not merely caricature his original creation of the first pirates just upping the ticks and foibles. 
And as for the acting of the rest of the cast, Jesus. Even good actors seem to feel the need to dep it up in this series. And the two new leads were so wooden they didn't need ships to cross the seas. Add to all that a god-awful script full of pathetic dialogue and character motivation with a pee-poor story arc, and this turd may finally sink the franchise. Here's hoping. Fair. Brutal. Brutal. Fair. Although, I yeah, can't I argue. <laughs> Even though I said I got, like, I enjoyed it or, like, at least didn't hate it, I agree with everything they kind of said. Yeah. Do you know what I find, what I found kind of funny, though, is that, um... The big action set piece happens at the beginning of the film. Like, they drag a bank down the street. It's like a fucking, like, Pirates of the Caribbean, Fast and Furious. Well, that, but, but that's what the fucking, all the fourth one is, is just set pieces. So, they've already set that precedent in the previous one. Yeah, but in this one, there's this big set piece at the beginning, and then not again. Do you count the end where they're, like... That's not really a set piece because it's just a fucking... CGI nightmare. Yeah. So, I mean, they're just like clinging to an anchor and then there's just water, a big water wall. Is that a set piece? I guess it's meant to be, but it's... Yeah, it's meant to be, but it isn't. It's really boring. Um, yeah. Really blew their load right at the beginning of the film with the stupidest thing that's been... Maybe that's why they ran out of money. Yeah, because they insisted on whatever the fuck that was. Um, okay, this is a 10 out of 10 review for this movie by Muhammad Tala. Absolutely brilliant and surprising. I'm a huge fan of Pirates of Caribbean franchise. Clearly. I was desperately waiting for this fifth installment. Clearly. I watched it in IMAX 3D. Clearly. That would have been a fucking headache. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. The movie is full of actions, adventures, and there are a lot of surprises, and you will not keep your eyes away even for a minute. This franchise has some of the perfect special effect in CGI. Huh? Every every character in the movie is referenced well, and Jack is always ruling the sea. You are aware of the origin of Henry in the movie from the trailer that he is Will Turner's son, but you are not aware of the relation between Karina and Captain Barbosa. Oh yeah, that's oh, her thanks daughter, for spoiling. By the way. Thanks for spoiling the movie. <laughs> that's that was the funniest thing. That that I full had um fucking Rise of Skywalker flashbacks. Where totally. she's like, I'm a Palpatine. Like this bitch is like, I'm a I'm a Barbosa. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh that was just amazing and emotional as well. While watching, I was like, OMG, what is going to happen next many times? It Did they very- actually use OMG in their review? Yeah. Lol. Reading this as it's written. It was very fun to watch. So far, the best movie for year 2017. And I don't agree with the critics and a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes. If you enjoyed and remember the movie as a memory, then it is worth watching. 10 out of 10 for story, effects, actions, and comedy. Now waiting for its sixth installment. Yeah, you're going to be waiting a while. Yeah. Um... What a what a what a sweet man. I'm glad he liked it. I'm glad he liked it too. I love this line. If you enjoyed and remember the movie as a memory. <laughs> yeah, what's that? That, that I think that's I think that's broken English there. Yeah, I think he means uh like if you're nostalgic for the previous ones. Yeah. 
but yeah, uh, I don't think that 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 I don't think it's as deep. Or I I just think I like I, it. I, I honestly think he means if it sticks in your memory. If you're willing to commit the film to memory, then you will enjoy it. Yeah, it's broken English, which is fine. You know, not everyone writing. Uh, good for him for taking the effort to write it out. Um, closing thoughts on both these movies and fart ratings. <clears throat> um, the the first one is um, I think like a like a textbook example of. Um, an action adventure, like a family action adventure film done right. It reminds me a lot of Brendan Fraser's The Mummy. Yeah. That's like... That's uh, a good good comparison. Yeah. Another film that kind of like, like every, like every aspect of it is elevated above what you would expect it to be. And, uh, you know, it feels like the, f- the film deserves to be good, but it's actually like, kind of great um so i don't know if you're like me like a 30 year old dude it's probably don't sit down and just watch pirates of the caribbean unless you've never seen it before but it's good and i i give it a seven farts um the fifth one i don't know maybe you'll be like joe and just not mind watching it if you like the other ones but um, man, I was actually like, it also wasn't, didn't feel too long either. I feel like yeah. it's shorter than the other ones. Yeah, it is shorter than the other ones, but, uh, ah, oh, man, it just depressed me. It made me feel sad. Like the first one has such great energy and this one is just feels super cynical and Johnny Depp's fat and he doesn't. He's not even doing the the Jack Sparrow thing right. It's like he's doing a bad impression of his own fucking. It's character. like someone drunk doing it. Yeah, and which he probably actually. You know what? This was like right in the middle of him and Amber Heard's crazy thing. So yeah, he was probably drunk. Yeah, and I mean Barbosa's back, and he just has no place in the film. And Jeffrey Rush is just there for a paycheck, and everyone's performances are crap. David Wenham's probably the only one who, like, gives a good performance. Yeah, but he has nothing to work with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, this shit sucks, man. I'm giving it one. Okay, cool. Um, one fart. Yeah. Cool. Um, I give the first one seven. I just concur with everything you said. I can't give it any more than seven farts simply because it's just not my kind of thing that i go out of the way to watch these days um but i can respect it enough to say that it is above average and a fun time um you gave five one fart um i'll give it two farts just because i agree with everything you're saying except for i didn't um i think it's been very it's very clear that i had a better time watching it than you did so i have to at least give it one more than you Fair um, enough. Cool. Yeah, uh, it's my turn to pick this week. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I'm sick of this bubblegum bullshit that I feel like we've been watching lately. Um, so to to commemorate the fact that an- another round, the new Thomas Vinterberg movie, 
uh, is coming out and unfortunately I can't see it because it was only screening once for the Sydney Film Festival. I'm suggesting the best and worst of the directing efforts of Thomas Vinterberg. Oh um, yeah, no idea who that is. Thomas Vinterberg was one of the original members of the Dogma 95 who worked alongside Lars von Trier. Um, experimental European filmmaker. You've heard of Dogma 95? Yeah. Yeah, Dogma 95 was like the movement of like, they had a, a set rules that they could they could only shoot films in a certain way. Um, you know, like it, it had to be shot on video or digital. You, you, you could only shoot on location with natural lighting. You can't have elements like guns and stuff. It all had to be organic things from the environment to tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so I haven't seen any of his films he's someone that i've been meaning to see for a while so i thought this is a good opportunity to watch something a bit different so we'll be watching the best and worst of thomas vinterberg thanks for listening and um hopefully next week uh if anyone's interested um we'll be going live on a platform called stereo so if you want to hear us live download the app and uh yeah it'll be fun who knows yeah maybe not us yeah, I'm, what's your? I'm uh, I'm at Psycho Mantits. Yep, and I'm at Auntie Joe. Um, yeah, follow us on Stereo. You'll get a notification when we schedule the live episode. You can leave voice messages during the episode, and we can actually interact with you. It should be heaps of fun. And we'll play them. We'll make fun of you shit tasting movies. Oh, totally. Yeah, if you just want us to rip you apart, or if you want to tell us that we're assholes. Um, which you have all the right to do because, you know, we might be. Um, Yeah, follow us and give us a listen and have a chat with us. It should be fun. Anyway, uh, talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.